0: We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob Franz Authority on AM 1420. The answer.
1: Hour number two underway now at eight minutes past ten. For being with us, it is a Thursday, the eleventh morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. Thanks again to John Hayward, our great guest from Breitbart. Don't forget, coming up in about, uh, we'll call it twenty five minutes or so, we will talk with Patrick Wood, executive director of CFFS, that's Citizens for Free Speech. As uh, more and more Americans continue to lose their jobs, their positions, their titles, their roles because they have expressed speech that the prevailing orthodoxy finds offensive. Joining us now is uh, our good friend, Dr. Everett Piper, as he does each and every Thursday. Dr. Piper is a columnist for the Washington Times. He's a best-selling author, and he is the former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, among other titles. He joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Dr. Piper.
2: Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me on.
1: Always a pleasure. Oh, I forgot. He's also a radio host. Gotta remember that, uh, in, uh, in Oklahoma. He has added another, I told I said among other titles. So we gotta make sure we get that out there as well. Okay, uh, Dr. Piper, uh, let's, uh, I wanna talk about, uh, something that, um, you and I often talk about because of your background, uh, and your life's work, uh, and that is faith. Uh, and I wanna talk about, um, the President of the United States two weeks ago, uh, well, it was a week and a half ago, I guess. We have seen a lot of, uh, discussion and debate about this then. Walking from the White House over to St. John's Church, which is widely known as the uh, the presidential church, because that's where presidents going back uh, decades and decades and decades have gone to pray. And uh, President Trump went there uh, during, you know, in the heart of the riots, essentially, he walked over there with a Bible, held it up, and has been accused... Of uh, staging a photo op using the Bible as a prop, using the church as a prop, and staging a photo op when he's not really a man of faith at all. Here in Ohio, there's a little town called Oberlin, Dr. Piper, you may or may not be terribly familiar with. Um, it's just about as left as left gets. We call it the PRO, the People's Republic of Oberlin. It is essentially uh, almost that far, uh, you know, communist. Uh, Oberlin area faith leaders have, have uh, petitioned our two Ohio senators, Sherrod Brown and Rob Portman, to begin formal censure. Sent- proceedings against president trump for daring to hold a bible and to stand in front of a church at a time of great chaos and loss of life in this country um i, I always thought that's exactly when we turned to our faith i always thought that we prayed and we showed our solidarity with god asking him to help us in this uh, in this great time of chaos uh and they want to censure him for that what say you
2: There's so many directions we could go with this story. Uh, Let me take a little bit of a rabbit trail for about 30 seconds first. Oberlin College was founded as boldly and unapologetically Christian. You probably know that, but I want to remind everybody that that's a fact. Oberlin was just like Harvard, Dartmouth, Princeton, and Yale. It was founded in a Judeo-Christian ethic on a biblical worldview. It was founded to perpetuate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oberlin College was founded as a Christian university, and now you have leaders of Oberlin College saying that a president of the United States holding up a Bible is somehow compromising the Constitution of the United States. This is calling evil good and good evil. This is upside down. Woe unto him who reverses definitions and calls evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Woe unto them, the prophet Isaiah, that are working for Oberlin College right now and calling the truth a lie and the lie of the truth. Point number one. Point number two, there's a there's a picture. You've probably already covered this, Bob. There is a photograph out there of Bill Clinton doing the exact same thing in front of the exact same church. Why is it right for Bill Clinton, and why is it wrong for President Trump? Why? The only reason is because you agree with the politics of Bill Clinton and you disagree with the politics of Donald Trump. You agree with the ideas of Bill Clinton. You extol those ideas. You champion those ideas. You think those ideas are right and just and pure and good, but you can't tolerate the ideas of President Trump because his conservatism is intolerable to you, and you do all this nonsense while waving the banner of tolerance, while you claim that you can't tolerate President Trump's intolerance. This is, as I've said a thousand times on your show, Self refuting at every turn. It's duplicitous. It's hypocrisy. It makes no sense. It is not compromising the Constitution of the United States for a president to hold up a Bible. What in the world are these academics thinking? The ivory tower is lost. The ivory tower has collapsed. The bastion of intellectual liberty is now the fortress of ideological fascism. You must submit. You must agree. You must march lockstep with us to the point where is if your president even holds up a Bible in the public square, we will condemn you, we will silence you, we will expel you, you are verboten, you're unwelcome. Burn your Bibles, burn your books, burn your ideas like Cranmer of old. Recant or burn, and even if you do recant, you'll still burn. That's the nature of this critique from these Oberlin hypocrites. And it's sad. It's an embarrassment to the academy.
1: We should also point out that um, these, you know, these intellectuals, these uh, uh, intellectual elites, uh, who should be dedicated to, um, you know, truth and uh, dedicated to honesty, included in their letter these faith leaders, these intellectual faith leaders, uh, accusations that the park police there did indeed use tear gas to torture and drive away protesters, so the president could go make his. Um, uh, photo op, as they call it, at the church. And Park Police themselves, as well as Secret Service, have all declared this is absolutely untrue. They used smoke. They did not use tear gas, but they used smoke to disperse the crowd, and not just to make way for the president, but because they were throwing things, projectiles, at police and putting them in serious danger. Police had a right to use whatever, even if they had used tear gas, I think one could argue, they had a right to do that simply to protect themselves. But it wasn't too clear a path for Donald trump so apparently these people of faith and these people of great intellect in their ivory towers don't believe in truth and honesty either so that should be pointed out as far as the letter goes um speaking of letters now that that, that was a letter from the faith leaders to our senators uh, here in ohio to censure the president speaking of letters let's move on dr piper to archbishop Vigano and his letter to president trump now this is of course right in your wheelhouse um He describes, does the archbishop, two sides at war with one another as they have always been. On the one side, he said, there are those who, although they have a thousand defects and weaknesses, people who are motivated by the desire to do good, to be honest, to raise a family, engage in work, give prosperity to their homeland, help the needy, and be in obedience to the law of God. On the other side, however, there are people who hold no moral principles, who want to demolish the family and the nation, exploit people to make themselves unduly wealthy, and foment internal divisions and wars. In other words... Archbishop Vagano told the president, this is a battle between good and evil. This is a battle between God and Satan, the same battle that has always been fought. And it's extraordinarily important for him to take the right side now and to speak out on that. Again, Dr. Piper, I ask, what say you?
2: Thank the Lord. Literally, thank the Lord (laughs) for the archbishop. Thank God for a man of courage that speaks the truth with boldness and clarity oh, that my evangelical brothers and sisters would do the same. We've got these woke evangelicals who are bowing at the altar of Black Lives Matter, the organization, and they're ignoring this admonition from the archbishop and the leaders, um, some in the evangelical church and otherwise, that dare to speak out and say, wait a second, wait a second. Why would a bunch of Christian leaders stand in solidarity with an organization that explicitly condemns Christianity on its website. Black Lives Matter. I've talked about it before on your show, Bob, but we need to repeat this. Black Lives Matter on its website calls for the dismantling of the nuclear family. It calls for the queering of American culture. It degrades and diminishes the cisgender heteronormative um, male-centric, um, culture of the, of America. Now, I'm gonna say that again. It degrades and diminishes the cisgender heteronormative male-centric patriarchy of American culture. This is their language. I'm not making this up. In other words, they just went through a litany of things that stand against the nuclear family, the biblical worldview of fatherhood, the diminishing of male-centric roles, and getting rid of cisgender heteronormity. This is Black Lives Matter, but we've got evangelical leaders standing in solidarity with this organization. This organization is a Marxist front to dismantle what it means to be an American family and to be a Christian community, and we've got Christian leaders standing in solidarity with them. You know, narcissism always is suicidal at its core. Narcissist gazed in the pool and did what? He fell in and he drowned, infatuated with himself, because he refused to acknowledge that he wasn't as grand and glorious as Zeus and Bacchus. These evangelical leaders are gazing into the mirror of their own image, refusing to acknowledge that they're not as grand and glorious, as the eternal god the triune god they're declaring themselves to be smarter than god they stand in alliance with an organization that diminishes god and and doesn't even acknowledge his existence and somehow they think that they're self-righteous and they're going to preach to the rest of us thank the lord for the archbishop at least he reminded us that wolves and sheep's clothing are dangerous but wolves and shepherds clothing are downright deadly thank the lord for the archbishop
1: Why have these evangelical leaders that you're talking about, your brothers and sisters, why, what is their justification? What is their justification for saying I'm going to throw? We're going to cast our lots with this organization. That and I'm looking at the website now that you brought up, of course, and they do exactly what you say. Uh, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. We foster a queer affirming network, and on down the line, all of these things that do fly in the face of what God and a and a biblical and a and a faithful lifestyle would would you know have always been promoted uh, by those uh, uh, leaders of faith. Why are they breaking from that now to do this?
2: Uh, Number one, it's a weak view of Scripture. They've dumbed down the definition of Scripture to nothing but a postmodern construct rather than a revelation of God. That's number one. A weak view of Scripture always leads to a compromised worldview and compromised morality and ethics and culture. If you've got a low view of Revelation, you're going to have a high view of yourself. And these evangelical pastors have a low view of God's revelation. Number two, they disregard history. Thank the Lord for my Catholic brothers and sisters that have a high view of history and honor it. Thank the Lord that they recognize what C.S. Lewis told us, that chronological snobbery should be abandoned. And if you want to read a new book, you might want to try reading maybe 12 old ones first and honor the fact that Grandma and Grandpa might have actually known something more than you do. So they have a low view of history, they have a low view of Scripture, they have a high view of themselves, and then third, they are more interested in being liked rather than being right. They want to be popular. They want to be woke. They want to be emergent. They want to be seeker-sensitive, and they'd rather enjoy all of those labels and privileges than be right and be biblically sound. Those are the reasons evangelicals, and others, not just evangelicals, a lot of the mainstream Protestant churches, and unfortunately, it's even true within our Catholic churches too, there are people that want to be like rather than be
1: right. Dr. Avery Piper is our guest. It's 10:21. We'll take our time out here and come back and talk about his latest for the Washington Times race in and of itself is a lie and we should stop believing it. I'll let the doctor explain that next on AM 1420 the answer. Okay, it's 1023. We're right back. Uh, We cut this break a little bit short, Dr. Piper, because I wanted to actually have time enough to get two more topics in, uh, one that I haven't told you about, but I'm sure you'll be ready to talk about in a moment. And first, though, let's talk about race. You say in your latest column for The Washington Times that race is a lie and that we should stop believing it. Now, are we talking human race or are we talking skin color race, ethnicity? What do we mean?
2: I know you want to get to another topic, so I'll get this really, really quick. Um, Voddy Bakum, V O D D I E B A U C H A M, a black pastor who comes out and says race is a lie. Stop believing it. He says in the Bible there is no reference to racial divisions. Zero. He says you won't find it. The only race that exists in the Bible is one race, the human race, Adam's race. We all we are all of one race. He talks about the Apostle Paul saying we are of one body, one faith, one baptism, one Lord and Father in all, one. We are not divided into many races. We are Adam's race, the human race. Even Martin Luther King Jr. covers this in his letter from the Birmingham jail when he says that God has created us as a thou, not a bunch of it. We are unified as a thou." The Omago Day created in the image of God. One race, Adam's race, the human race, one man, one body. A thou, not an it. We are the Omago Day, the image of God. We're not the Omago dog. We're not an it. We're a thou. And the BLM protests segregate humanity into a bunch of categories, colors, races that do not exist in Scripture rather than unifying humanity under one banner it's segregation it's not integration it's division it is not unity united we stand divided we fall our enemy knows this and blm is a segregationist strategy it is not one that unifies and integrates you are a vow you are not an it
1: that segregation, uh, is, is key right now, especially going with what's going on in the country. Um, it used to be that minorities, in other words, uh, r- racial minorities, um, Screamed in their opposition to segregation because white people were forcing black people or other people of color to use different facilities, live in different places, go into go to different schools, etc., etc. It was really terrible, and it was. I agree with that. Um, it's why we worked so hard, and people gave their lives to end segregation and to bring about unity. Unity, but today. We continue to see, and you see it every day on the news, we see demands for separate spaces for people of color or people of other ethnic uh, backgrounds, uh, separate from whites. There is a self-segregation going on, um, which essentially spits on the graves, I think, of all of those who died to end segregation, Dr. Piper.
2: Well, it is, and it's because progressives never believed in integration in the first place. Progressives didn't believe in classical liberalism. They didn't believe in the liberty that comes from unity. They did not believe in the university. They preached diversity. They didn't believe in integration. They believed in segregation. Progressives believe in the elite telling everybody else where they're wrong and how they should live their lives. They don't believe in tolerance. They're actually intolerant. Progressives are arrogant people who think that they should be divided from everybody else because they're smarter than everybody else. You're the rube. You lack gray matter. You're the deplorable. It's this collection of elites that are going to tell everybody else how to run America. That's what progressives believe. They're segregationists, not integrationists. They believe in diversity rather than a university. They believe in the division that comes from lies. They don't believe in the unity that comes from truth. That the agenda of progressives and we should remember that in november when we vote
1: last topic dr piper in two minutes is one that i didn't tell you we were going to do i just kind of decided it last second here because i know it's right in your wheelhouse jk rowling the most successful female author in history in terms of sales of books the harry potter series primarily uh is in deep deep trouble with the um the lgbtq community she has expressed her disagreement with the transgender agenda and refuses to bow down to it despite massive public pressure to capitulate. She believes that women are being harmed, much as you have often preached. Real women, actual women, are being harmed by the notion that there are others who pretend to be women and thus kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say ostracized, but it really does limit the, the actual agenda of, of equal rights and equal opportunity for all real women. Uh, I don't I don't know if you've read anything about this in recent days, but she's being dragged on social media because of it.
2: Yes, very quickly. This is the result of identity politics. This is the result of dumbing down the definition of human identity to nothing but human categories and inclinations. This is the result of diminishing the Imago Dei, the image of God, to the Imago Dog, the image of the animal. This is the result, and J.K. Rowling is suffering the consequence of, of, of embracing LGBTQ categories when it comes to the subjective definition of homosexuality, it's transitioned into transgender identity, and it's the exact same agenda that will come crumbling down with regard to BLM and segregating and separating human identity into other categories. We are one race, the race of Adam, we are human beings, defined by God, not by our habits, our inclinations, our passions, or the color of our skin. It's the content of our character. We're the Imago Dei.
1: That's a brilliant analysis in a very short period of time, because you're right. This is what identity politics uh, foments, and this is what... um you know the the um what's the word I'm I'm drawing a blank now uh intersectionality uh this is what it breeds I mean when you when you decide to take up every single cause what do you eventually do when when ca- uh, people in various um minority positions minority categories minority demographics minority lifestyle choices etc when they come into contact or conflict with one another intersectionality is the problem that is created there Dr. Everett Piper wonderful job as always sir thank you so much look forward to talking to you next week Bless you, Bob. Thank you, Doctor. Dr. Piper joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Coming up uh, after the news, Patrick Wood, Executive Director of Citizens for Free Speech, will talk to us about why free speech is in serious, serious jeopardy in this country right now. That's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward, we roll at uh, 1037 now. Thank you so much for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Great conversations with Dr. Everett Piper, uh, this morning, as well as John Hayward from Breitbart. And now, uh, I want to bring back to our program again, a guest of the, pro- a friend of the program, rather, and a regular guest. He is Patrick Wood. He is the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech, as well as, uh, runs a tremendous website and is a, uh, noted author on technocracy. The uh, website is technocracy.news. Uh, Patrick Wood, good to have you back. How are you, sir?
3: Morning, Bob. Doing fine. Thank you.
1: All right, Patrick. Uh, Wow. Um, I wanted to talk to you about face masks, and we will. I wanted to talk to you about the uh, back and forth and the meandering message of the World Health Organization and the CDC as uh, it pertains to the spread of the Chinese coronavirus, surface spread, new news has come out, Uh, asymptomatic spread, new news has come out. But I want to dive into the core of what you're doing with CFFS and full disclosure to everybody you know doesn't know. I'm working with Patrick at Citizens for Free Speech because right now this organization is needed more than ever. Patrick, there are examples up and down social media and from one end of this country to the other of people being fired for saying the wrong thing about what's going on with the chaos in our cities right now or for saying nothing. And their silence making them, in the eyes of those who disagree, um, complicit in the violence. Uh, there are countless examples of professors. Uh, there are examples of, of just office workers, people in professional positions who are being fired or being demoted or being suspended or being placed on leave for not sufficiently bowing to the Black Lives Matter movement and the culture of police violence as they see it that led to the death of George Floyd. Um the First Amendment has never been, I don't believe, uh, under such direct attack, Patrick Hood. What are you seeing?
3: Well, you're right. And the core issue at the very bottom of it is communication, because everything in the First Amendment has to do with communication between individuals and groups of people. And when communication is shut down, all kinds of things happen. Now, what we see happening here with the thought police in America is not limited to America at all. Uh, which, of course, the First Amendment is kind of our thing, but we also see exactly the same thing happening in Europe, uh, happening in in England, and other countries uh, uh, around the world. And this idea of of one group of people uh, determining the thoughts of another person or another group is absolutely ripping society apart because, um, you know, thought crimes, uh, there's no crime really committed but first, it's what you say, and then secondly, as you mentioned, it's what you don't say. So you're, in the sense, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't.
1: This yeah, is and even, just, even if you're trying to capitulate and say things that you believe that, again, are part of the prevailing orthodoxy, that you, know, you do want to be included in the movement, if you are not pious enough and i use that word intentionally uh it was also used uh by an or a british organization by the way similar to what uh, cffs is uh, is it's called the free speech union uh and and if you are arguing or making a statement that condemns police brutality or that uh, condemns um anti black uh ideology or or any of these types of things but you don't do so with enough passion if you don't do so vociferously if you just make a statement that is uh deemed by some uh, to be uh, just superficial, they're still going after you. They're still trying to limit your your um, uh, your opportunities, whether it be academically or professionally. Patrick, that's the the real danger here. If you don't say enough, or if you say nothing and just want to watch it all play out without getting yourself involved, you're complicit.
3: You're a- you're absolutely right. And this idea of cancel culture, where a group of non interested unelected, of course, people who can shame somebody that has spent their lifetime building a career uh, who can, in just a matter of days, shame somebody so badly that they get kicked out of their profession. They They get fired from their job, if it's a university job or a corporate job or whatever. They can get fired from their jobs, and they're just gone. They're just destroyed. This is just so not only tragic, but it's so absolutely wrong, and in, in my opinion, if you really boil it down, it's criminal as well. Because if I came up to you and and poked you in the nose and knocked you to the ground so that you couldn't go to work, uh, you know, maybe you're on TV and you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't go under the bloody nose, mm-hmm. I assaulted you. That it, it's assault. But they're not. Of course, they don't call it that. But. This is going on all around the world. And in America now, we're getting bit really, really hard with this. And I tell you, the American people don't like it.
1: The American people need a champion to help them, I believe, uh, in this regard. We're talking to Patrick Wood, Executive Director of Citizens for Free Speech. Can CFFS be that champion? I mean, for example, just to give people uh, some more concrete, because we're talking in, in generalities here, Grant Napier is the name of the Sacramento Kings play by play announcer for the last 28 years or so. Uh, he's been a talk show host on the Sacramento station that airs the Kings for just as long. He was for- fired by the radio station from his radio show and then was forced to resign by the King uh, from the uh, Kings play by play job because he dared to answer a question asking him by a former king's player what do you think of the black lives matter movement and his response was and i quote all lives matter every single one period now end quote so that's an example that we're talking about now he was fired he needs a champion uh and and maybe his champion has to come in the form of a law firm uh personally i think it should but but there are people like him perhaps in less high profile positions than an nba announcer but people like him patrick that needs somebody to go to bat and to open the eyes of america's elected officials that our first amendment rights that are that the bill of rights is essentially being destroyed here by a popular movement uh in in what i would call uh you know uh, american anarchy
3: It is anarchy, and it starts. Anarchy always starts in the mind. I have to say, there's never been a a movement in history where the where the the trouble didn't start in the mind of people, of mind of men. And this is exactly what's happening today. When you get this kind of uh, uh, cancel culture, you know, murder of reputations, murdering of uh, of people's careers, and so on, the next thing that's going to happen is just widespread. Uh, absolute civil unrest because there, there's nothing left to do but fight. These people that are getting, uh, the, the few people now that are getting, um, uh, you know, thrown out of society, uh, they're in, they're almost incidental to 325 million people. But when you get enough people that are being treated this way, eventually there's going to be a huge pushback, and it won't end well. It just will not no. end well. America needs to learn how to communicate again in proper Human, uh, human kindness fashion, if you will, and in that, in that regard, Citizens for Free Speech uh, is the standard bearer for the First Amendment of the, of the U.S. Constitution, and we don't care who you are, you are allowed to speak, but you are not allowed to harm other people, period. You're, that is, was never the intent of the Constitution of our country. You should have the right to speak. You should have the right to discuss and to, to uh, debate and uh, to uh, interact with people that don't have your particular opinion. But you are never, ever allowed to harm other people. And the, the people that are bringing this mantra to us now, the, the, the cancel culture, they are harming people left and right. It's not about free speech. It's about assault. It's about harm. This is so long, and, of course, there's no policeman you can call to say, I've been been insult- assaulted, <laughs> and I want that person to be arrested. I'm going to press charges. It doesn't happen that way. It's the other way around right now.
1: That's why Citizens for Free Speech uh, is so important, and it needs champions and people willing to work at the local level to raise awareness of these things, to take messages to elected officials, to argue and advocate on behalf of workers uh, who uh, who may be victimized in such ways by people who don't like what they say or the manner in which they say it, and that's the problem here. Again, freedom of, of, of the press is part of the First Amendment, too, and I, I'll point to one other guy, Stan Wisnowski, who is the top editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer, for forced to resign because people didn't like his headline uh, about buildings being destroyed that said buildings matter too. People said that was insensitive and so he's fired for uh, expressing his view or the paper's view by way of, of the headline. So freedom of press, freedom of speech, freedom of expression is all under attack. Patrick, let me talk about something else now or ask you rather about something else that you guys are and, and we have been very uh, 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 active in and that is the freedom to walk and breathe free air, uh, free of the face coverings, the obstructions of our breathing, uh, that according to, you know, some very, very important studies, 13 of which were cited in an article that ran on your website, uh, by Dr. Blaylock, Russell Blaylock, 13 different studies citing how dangerous breathing recycled air inside of a face mask can be for some people. Um, there have been, there's been, have been two news stories in the last couple of weeks that really, really, uh, bear, uh, some, some, or, you know, should, should certainly, uh, be given some notice. Number one, the CDC declared, that surface spread was dramatically overstated. That it turns out that the virus can't live on surfaces to be touched by two different people at two different points of time hours and hours apart uh, in order to uh, infect somebody with the coronavirus. So they completely dismantled the surface spread argument. And then the most important one was a few days ago when the World Health Organization, Patrick Wood, declared that yeah, that whole asymptomatic spread thing, the thing that the entire country was locked down over because you might be carrying the virus and not know it because you're asymptomatic? Yeah, not so much. It turns out it's incredibly rare to the point of being almost non-existent until, of course, the screams came from those who support lockdowns and the same WHO official said, well, uh, maybe, maybe 40% or so of the cases are from asymptomatic spread. So, Patrick, that's a long introduction to this question. Should Americans be forced to wear face masks, face coverings, as they have been in virtually every state, based on some very inconclusive science by the scientists we're supposed to trust?
3: Absolutely not. <clears throat> this is uh, unconstitutional and uh, almost anti-human in many ways, and people should not be required to wear masks. It's always been the tradition in our medical community in America to quarantine the sick, and that's it. You let the, you know, the, the non-sick, you just leave them alone and society goes on. But this whole thing has been turned upside down by the technocrats at the top that now say that we need to basically quarantine, quarantine the healthy as well. And face, wearing face masks is part of that quarantine process because even as you're walking around uh, in public, whether you have any symptoms or not, in fact, most people don't have any symptoms and they don't have the, the virus. Um, you are being curtailed even while you walk around. You're being self-quarantined because you've got a face mask on. And they have been proven, uh, the science has proven, that people that are not sick should not wear face masks, but that doesn't stop the politicians and the technocrats behind them from acquiring it. And I'm sure there's reasons for that that they might have, but they're all political, they're not scientific, and they're not caring for the people of the country either. It's just like you do what we tell you to do, or else we'll come out and, you know, write you a citation or we might even put you in jail.
1: Patrick Wood, I've been telling my listeners this week about a blue card. Uh, I want you to tell them about it now and tell them uh, what they have to do to get one.
3: Well, we have a you know, kind of a, a program right now that we're sponsoring where new members that come to. Uh, cffs, that's org, And there's no charge for membership. But Just, you know, put your name and, and, and email in and as much information as you want. Just stand with us. That's what we want right now. But anybody who comes, uh, we're happy to send a 3 by 5 plastic card. It's a beautiful little card printed on both sides. It's uh, hard plastic. You wear around your neck. We give you a lanyard as well. And it says basically that you have the right to not wear a face mask because you believe it impinges on your personal health and uh, no you can't ask why you know what my health condition is because that would of course violate hipaa regulations and if you refuse to um uh to, to honor my request you could well be in violation of uh ada that's the american disabilities act right um and you could receive significant fines if uh, if it ever got that far so, you know, the card encourages people to act in a responsible and constitutional manner. And I have to say, many people are. I walked into Costco the other day, myself personally, with my card on. They grabbed me and said, hey, you need a mask on, Buster. And I said, I just showed them the card. The lady at the front, you know, the, the gatekeeper. Right. And uh, he looked at the card, and she got a big smile on her face. Oh, go right ahead, sir. And she was, awesome. She did. You know, I just walked in and, uh, I was one of the few in Costco that didn't have a, a mask on, but, uh, you know, several people actually kind of looked at my card too. And there you go. So it does wow. work. And, uh, you know, all it takes is just a little bit of pushback on your part. If you really don't want to participate in that mask wearing nonsense, if you get busy, if you get uh, short breath, short of breath, uh, if you get a headache or whatever, stop wearing it for Pete's sake. And if you're not sick, uh it'll make you sick so just <laughs> A lot of people yep. say, i you and, not... And, not-
1: and, if you're, and if you're not sick, you really have no reason to wear one again, because the WHO had a rare moment of clarity and truth and said it's not spreadable by people who are asymptomatic. So if you're not coughing and sneezing and sick, there's no reason for you to endanger your health by putting that thing on. What would you rather do? Strap that thing over your ears or put a lanyard over your neck with this blue card from Citizens for Free Speech outlining your rights to not have to wear a face covering in any public place because it could be dangerous to your health and let them take it up with the uh, uh, the 80 and let them take it up with uh, the government over HIPAA laws as well. Uh, And uh, Pat, last thing, because we're out of time here, I want to remind people that you can get one of these cards absolutely free, on the Blue Lanyard, if you become a member of Citizens for Free Speech, online at citizensforfreespeech.org. We will send you one free. And if you want one for someone else, you can buy them for a $5 donation online at citizensforfreespeech.org. citizensforfreespeech.org. Patrick Wood is the Executive Director. Pat, thank Thank you so much for everything that you are doing with the organization, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. It's ten fifty three. We'll got to get out so we can get back in again. Right here on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Well, that is. The show. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have time for anything else going on here uh, unless I take Jeff in 40 for 40 seconds. Jeff in Brexville. I'll do it. Jeff, go ahead. I've got now 35 seconds for you. Go ahead, sir. Jeff, are you there? The yes, I'm here. Can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
2: Like, if anybody deserves um, gratitude, it's the police. Every day
1: they go out and they have to deal with criminality every single day. And they have to stay calm and they have to stay controlled. When you do a job over a long period of time, you're always going to have a slip up. If you're working as a carpenter, you're going to bang your finger. If you're an electrician, you're going to get shocked. These guys work 20 years and they deal with this stuff. It's impossible for them to be perfect. And yet we. Those are facts. Those are facts that are lost. Yeah, those are facts. Thank you for the call, Jeff. Those are facts that are lost on those with an agenda who wish to exploit everything that they can uh, because they have an agenda that's much deeper than police work. Thanks so much for the call. Thanks to all of my guests. Thanks to our crew. We'll see you on Free For All Friday.